The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash Capri. And we want to thank all of our patrons, including our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Drew Agnew from the House of Mario podcast, Jace Baldridge from twitch.tv slash Baca Ridge, Lena Varvo, the fearless lever of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown. You can find him over at youtube.com slash gaming purple monkey. Our platinum producers, Brian Scott, Robbie Bobby Miller, and Trucker Sloth. And our gold members, Argo, Brennan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Emily O'Kelly, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Benji Kong, Marcus O'Neill, RJ Kern, Dano, Skinny Matt, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Fulio Fuji, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you so much for all of your support. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford. He's the man on the moose and on our journey today, we're going to play Assassin's Creed forever. (laughs) So jump on into the Xbox Drive. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Ryan Turford, it is great to chat with you, my friend. I think we've all played a bunch of games. I've been home alone for a couple of days now. I'm in my parents' car. People should check out the video because I'm in a, the, the setting is a little different today. Uh, but how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's been uh, kind of a crazy week since we last spoke because, I mean, we first of all, before we get into cleaning the garage, we both got our, our final shots this week, Sean. And yes. we, I think we both reacted to it very differently. Like, I, I think it hurt you kind of minimally, whereas like I was like in bed for three days. So, oh, were you really? Yeah, it was not good. But so, I mean, for the most part, you know, it's been it, the, the week's kind of flown by um, with that and, and work. So, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a busy work week, my friend. Well, you've got the full power of 5G now running through your veins. Yep. You're super speedy, whatever that my all cell, means. My cell phone's never been better, Sean. Like reception, you know what, it's though? Good. In, in all seriousness, though, man, I'm glad that you got it. I'm glad that you've recovered. And it just feels like one step closer to the, the before times. And we all like the before times quite a lot. And for things to start opening up is very exciting and doing it in a safe way. I'm all for it, man. That's um, that's as much real life as I think that we'll get into yeah. maybe today, because there's a lot of video games to talk about. Absolutely. But I, I wanted to throw it in there just to preface some things that we're going to talk about a little bit later. So let's clean okay. the garage a little bit, though. If you would like to support the show, you can support us in a number of different ways. First of all, you can subscribe to us right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Xbox drive. You can also rate us on your podcast service of choice, as well as leave us a little fancy review on Apple Podcasts. Ooh. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read your review on the show. We don't have any reviews to read today, Sean, but we did Aww, last week. But come on, guys. So, I mean, if we get some more, we got we got to <laughs> catch up to Mr. Badbit in the trophy room, Sean. This is something Dude, that needs to like happen. 200 plus. I also want to call out the fact that I did like the lamest Marcus Phoenix just right there. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I caught that, Sean. I understood that. Thanks. Reference. Also, <laughs> the other thing you can do to, if you are so inclined to help out the show as well, um, you could throw a little tip in the old tip jar over at patreon.com slash Capri. You can get early access to this as well as all of our other shows, as well as exclusive content. There's all kinds of awesome perks over there at, on our Patreon, so you can definitely support us that way if you feel inclined to do so. All right, yeah. Sean, without any nice. further ado, let's grab our A-Tracks, 
pop them in. It is time for the playlist. And and like you alluded to, we played some games this week. So I'm going to start with you, my friend. What did you play? Oh, Oh, um, what did I play? What did I put on the dock? Uh, Doom Eternal. You asked me, I dare say, challenge me. Am I going to play Doom Eternal after the whole update that it got? And Ryan, mm-hmm. I, if this game didn't sidetrack me a little bit <laughs> this week, because I was, I was aiming to have Scarlet Nexus completed. I'll get to Scarlet Nexus in a little bit. I feel like we actually misspoke quite a bit about Scarlet <laughs> Nexus last week. Yeah. Uh, I think we called it like a 100-hour game. It's totally, I'm going to start here, actually. Um, we called it a 100-hour game. It's not. It's like a 20 to 30-hour experience that you can play twice with the two, um, with the two uh, characters or protagonists. It, I think we called it open world, and I don't think that it is <laughs> as nearly yeah. as open world as maybe I first thought that it was. There's not really a whole lot of benefit to going to previous areas. Um, it's quite a bit more... Um, visual novel than I kind of thought too. Uh, And I'm still loving it, man. I think this game is so weird. I think it was after we chatted about it last week. I put it in the Discord. Like I I hit the WTF Japan stage of the game where it's just like, what is even happening anymore? We're dealing with, I don't even want to spoil it, but there's there's a couple things that happen that I'm like, I'm in for this ride, dude. I'm Mm -hmm. really in for it. Um, and then a couple pieces of note in addition to what we talked about last week is just, I think the, um, it doesn't perform a hundred percent. It's very smooth, but I'm definitely noticing some like pop in some visual pop in as I'm walking around and just like, Oh, and there's a, there's a truck on the street all of a sudden. So it's a little bit strange on that front. Have you been playing more Scarlet Nexus since we last chatted? Yeah. So I didn't get to play a ton of it. Cause like I said, this week is, it, I, I played a lot of portable games cause I was in bed a lot this week, but yeah, no um, doubt. when I was out of bed, I did play a, a lot. I got a lot further in the game. And yeah, now to, to start things first, I never said this was a hundred hour game. I, I think it was only you who said it was a hundred hour game. Sean. I think so, I thought you told me it was. That's where I would have gone. I don't think I anyway. ever said that once, Sean. Uh, um, somebody, somebody will will find the little clip of you saying this is a hundred hour game. Uh, you know what? If they do, I will give that person a cookie. Might have been on stream though. I don't know. Anyway, anyways, yeah. doesn't matter. So Scarlet Lexus, I played more of it. Um, I'm really liking it. Um, I got a little sidetracked with the two other games I played this week, um, sure. especially because, again, I just had a bit of a shortened week uh, as far as games are yeah. concerned. But, um, yeah, I've, I'm also really enjoying it as well. Um, I'm, I'm definitely probably not as far as you, but I'm, I'm, I would have wager I'm probably yeah, I'm- halfway through the game. I'm a little over, well, I'm a little over half now. So if you're, yeah, I, I think I'm at about 11 hours. There's 12 phases mm-hmm. as I've looked up. I'm at, I'm just over, I think I'm in phase seven now. So yeah, a little over half. Um, and I'm just, I'm kind of surprised with myself, Ryan. Like sometimes these combat mechanics and the systems kind of confuse me because there's a lot of different ways that you can go about combat situations. There's been some boss battles that I've been kind of stuck at, but what they've, what they've actually done is teach me to like get good really is and to leverage the different uh collaborations that you can have with your different teammates so some can make you invisible and some can make you like duplicate where there's multiple like versions of you or you're throwing uh more than just one object at these enemies through telekinesis power that kasana has uh or there's like the electricity that compounds with certain effects that you can have on 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 these uh on these enemies and it's all clicking into place for me right and that almost that almost never happens i feel like I'm starting to see the matrix mm-hmm. when I play this game because yeah, like some things are, you can get overwhelmed and then all of a sudden you use these powers to tilt the, the battle in your favor. And that's so gratifying. And that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this game, as well as the characters you know, as the game kind of progresses and things get a little bit more serious, you get away from what the start of the game, which is this person's really cute. And I hope I get to date this person. Like that seemed to be more of just like an intro 
Uh, I don't know necessarily that's carrying out throughout the rest of the game, which I am appreciating quite a bit as things get a little more dire and you're questioning like what what decisions are some of these people making and yeah, yeah. some some pretty challenging uh, storytelling in this one, which I which I really am appreciating. Well, especially too from the opening cutscene too, it, it's kind of sets the stage of being like you know none of these people that are in your squad are going to have a happy ending probably. So yikes! Um, yeah. I expected to, to go kind of in that direction as, as we played through it and. I mean, I've played other Japanese games like this or watched anime that ha- that are kind of like this, where it's like, oh, all happy and go lucky. And you're kind of, you know, having fun with your squad mates and stuff. And then all the everything just go- goes sideways, essentially. So totally. Um, and on that note, I feel like I've I've kind of predicted what the ending is going to be. But I really hope that I'm not correct on that, mainly because uh, what you just said, like, I hope is true, which is. I hope this thing just takes an, yet another WTF Japan total twist where, mm. like, nobody could see this coming. Is kind of my expectation with games like this. Also, I'm curious, too, uh, if the ending, for example, um, encourages you maybe to play the other path. Like, because we both yeah. played as Kasane, it's like maybe go play Yuito and then maybe you'll get a different ending or something like that. Or, yeah, um, I- I'm wondering how that's all going to play into it, which is why, like, I am glad that this is a shorter game um, because maybe maybe i do go back once i'm finished if i find that there's a reason to maybe try yuto's path and see right. kind of what's different about it but also maybe um how the if the story ends differently um or if, yeah. it, if the game even recognizes even if you finish one and then the other um like some other games do that like fire mm. emblem uh um three houses for example recognizes right that. so yeah I, I i i hope that there's maybe something to that but again we'll talk about that more um, as we get through the experience, but uh, so far, just like your thoughts as well, Sean, I'm really enjoying it. The combat more than anything is really what's what's pulling me into this one. Again, it reminds mm-hmm. me of a lot of the games that I personally love, um, like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, um, but just yeah. a less difficult version of those those games. And then more yeah, infused with so like too. the RPG stuff, like that you'd find in some of the Tales games. So it kind of feels like a fusion between like Devil May Cry and Tales. So yeah, there never really seems like I'm never overwhelmed with like managing equipment or anything like that. If, if I do have maybe a gripe, I kind of almost wish that there was a little bit more on that front to upgrade and to forge and to maybe have different combinations there. But really the, the manipulation that you have, I think is more on the team side mm-hmm. and combining the powers really than anything. Like you don't want to make sure you got the, the most powerful weapon, but that's kind of it. Like you just, you're looking for damage and that, that seems to be, at least from my perspective, it seems to be like all I'm really worried about on the equipment side of things. So yeah, pretty streamlined. Um, the, the game doesn't really get in its own way, which I'm really appreciating. And this is like, look back a year ago or so, whenever this game was revealed to us, and I remember saying to you like, dude, this looks so generic. It looks like just another anime game, not interested. And you were excited for, for it from day one. And I ultimately I ended up opening my mind to it. I'm so Mm. glad that I did. This happens to me every once in a while where I don't like to say like that game isn't for me because that was my mindset going into this or at least when it was revealed and then I'm playing it. It's like this will go down as probably one of my most fun experiences of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's up there with Resident Evil for me because I was the only other game yeah, that man. I really enjoyed this year. Like those are probably my two favorite games I've played this year. And I, totally. I and going back to our, our original thoughts, I mean, the main reason I was so excited for it was because the set, like the, when they were showing off that combat in the original trailer, like 
I know right. from playing other games like that that just one look at that combat told me told my brain this game's gonna be really fun to play. Yeah. Um, so that's more why I was excited more than anything. Like the story itself seemed really weird and, and to your point kind of generic from a glance, but the mm-hmm. combat seemed like it was gonna win me over and I'm not disappointed by it at all. Like it's it's really, really, really fun to play. So and plus it's just fun to bash people with cars and buses and stuff, Sean. I mean, yes, that never yes. Dude, and the way that you string it together, like you can you, you you swing a bus at somebody and then you start attacking them and then you're pulling left trigger and then another thing is happening and that like left trigger is like the the real smash, you yeah. know, like it really really takes them out and there's like it's environmental as well. There's one area that I'm in where I'm pulling chandeliers off of the ceiling and it spins around and you can kind of like steer it and and hit a whole bunch of enemies all at once. It's really I'm really fascinated with it as well. And does this have you I must have you much, like even more excited to play like Tales later on this year oh, as well. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. I mean I, I don't know if this gets me more excited for Tales than I was already because Tales is already like in my Just top max. three most anticipated yeah. games for the rest of the year. But either like I, I plus they showed more footage from Tales this week, which looked really impressive. So yeah, it really did. So yeah, I'm nice, super man. jazzed for that game too. But I don't know if Scarlet Nexus played into that at all, especially because I was just already very excited for that game. Yeah, love it. Love it, dude. It's a good time. Like, I'm playing uh, also Monster Hunter Stories 2 on, or at least a Same. demo on Switch. I'm going to be buying that. Like, I that game, the demo. reviews came out, like, really good reviews on that one. So I'm excited for that. There's so much, there's so much anime in my life right now, dude. Who am I? You're even? becoming one of us, Sean. You're slowly turning well, into me. I love it. What did we say last week? Xbox really brings the, <laughs> makes the weebs black. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, Sean. One day, one day I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you have a Crunchyroll subscription and we're going to get you watching a whole bunch of anime. I'm sure it's going to happen. Love I like it. I can't right. wait. <laughs> so besides Doom Eternal and Scarlet Lexus, those are what you played, right? Yeah, but I want to say people should play Doom Eternal. I I had this I had a weird thing. I've played Doom Eternal before. I've beaten it. I reviewed it for WeTheNerdy.com and had a huge appreciation for it. Then I wrote up the review. I was like, this game is great. I think I gave it a nine. And then as time has gone on, I'm like, I sort of like reverted back to my original opinion before I played Doom Eternal, which was like, do I really need more Doom 2016? And what I've been reminded of, thanks that I'm playing it again because of the upgraded patch, which looks crazy. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? 100 or 1800p to 120 frames per second. Like, it is yep. bonkers. Everything looks good. The ray tracing mode looks good. It's worth your time to either go back to it or play it for the first time. Um, the game is so much deeper than you think. You think Doom is just like this, uh, like a dumb shooter but it is so great the exploration that you're rewarded for to find all the things the ship that you end up going back to in between levels the pacing of it the levels are gigantic i forgot about all of that stuff so i've just kind of like reminded and refreshed of the really great single player game that you get with doom eternal it's more than just a dumb dumb shooter like ripping monsters apart it is it's kind of like Scarlet Nexus in this way, where you start to string some of these combat scenarios together. So, so rewarding, and it looks better than ever. So I just wanted to give that a little bit of attention and acknowledgement that Doom Eternal is better than you remember it, and better than uh, you might think it is if you haven't played it. So there Doom you go. Doom Eternal, still awesome, can confirm. It can it's confirm. confirm thing. Big time, yep. It's, it's so a big I, deal. Very nice. So as for me, I played a, ver- a couple of arcade experiences this week on oh. Xbox. So number one... I checked Space out Jam. Space Jam yeah, <laughs> did Legacy. You? I did. I did. I, I, I beat the game, Sean. And uh, <laughs> honestly, I had a lot of fun with it. Like it was better than I was expecting it. To really? Be. So for folks that don't know, um, they ran a contest uh, earlier this year to basically help 
uh, have like two people pitch to um, di- um, Digital Eclipse, the company that made the game, to basically pitch their ideas for like an arcadey Space Jam game. Um, right. And then this is kind of what they came up with. So it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game, whereas you, you can play as either LeBron James, Bugs, or uh, Lola Bunny. Um, mm-hmm. And it's three-player go local co-op. So if you've got friends around, you can play it that way. There's no online with this game or anything like that. Um, but it's only like six levels. It's you can beat it probably in a couple hours. And honestly, I just had a blast playing it. Like visually, it looks cool. Like the moves with the different characters are are pretty interesting. Um, you always usually have access to a basketball, um, which plays a lot like other um, beat em up. Hi there. Can I please get a Space Jam uh, McNugget meal, please? Uh, the the space like the Happy Meal the Space Jam Happy Meal, Happy meal? yeah. <laughs> and what's your um, sweet and sour, please. And your drink? Uh, orange juice, please. Else? Can I also get a large diet coke with that? And sorry. A large diet coke. Large diet coke. Else? That's all. Thank you, next window. Thank you, Ryan. I really was just gonna get a drink. And yep. then you got me all talking about Space Jam. They got Space Jam posters all over the place, right? Like digital screens here, all Space Jam. I don't need a Happy Meal. I don't got. I don't even have kids at home right now to give these things to. <laughs> I'm going to be end up eating a freaking cold chicken McNuggets by the time that I'm done this podcast with you. But I mean, the, the the whatever Space Jam toy comes with it, you know, the kids will have that when they come home. I guess. Honestly, I don't know if it comes with a toy. I think it's just the packaging. <laughs> I don't know. What well, it's a Happy Meal? Like, it, what's a Happy Meal that well, doesn't come with a toy? That's true. I, I just didn't see it, but you're right. That's a that's the correct assumption to to make there. Yeah, unless they're going to give you some generic toy or something like that. I hope so. Anyways, getting back to Space Jam. Thank you. The game itself, really fun to play. Again, if you like games like Streets of Rage or uh, (laughs) River City Girls or something like that, I think you're going to have fun with this one. And it's going to be... So right now, it's uh, free for anyone who has uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate because it's available as a perk. And then it will be free to play for everyone on... Um, the 15th of this month. And it's an Xbox exclusive, so it's not coming to any other consoles or anything like that. Um, Take that, PlayStation. Yeah, we got Space Jam. What, <laughs> we got what Space do you guys Jam. got? Ghost of Tsushima? Please. <laughs> no one wants to play that instead of playing Space Jam. Come on. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked that game more than I thought I would. Um, also, one of the things I liked about it, too, is you got you get access to these cards as you play the game, which represent some of the other Looney Tunes characters and you can use them at certain points in the game that will either give you like super speed or will give you um, extra attacking power or have like Taz come in and wreck all the enemies um, where you get some extra health and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool ideas in this game and I actually really enjoyed it. So fans of Brawlers, I think you're going to dig that Um, other game. I played on Xbox this week, Sean. This one Sorry, you Ryan, have to be I gotta, about. I got to interrupt you for oh, one quick up, second. Sean. You know the problem. You know what is not cool is when they give me an orange juice where the lid doesn't even go on. This is why did she even oh, hand no. that to me? The lid is a serious situation over here, Ryan. I'm sorry. The person behind me is like, what are you doing, dude? It's like, I am not spilling orange juice all over the place today. Not yeah. today, Ryan Turford. Not while everyone is watching you on a podcast right now. I definitely <laughs> don't want orange juice everywhere. Not all over my sweatpants and my work blazer. Yeah. Please don't do that, John. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. Getting back to me, <laughs> Zombies Ate My Daters <laughs> is one of the other games I played this week. Of course, this is the, the re-release of the Super Nintendo classic game where you play as a, a, a boy and his sister um, as they basically try and save their neighborhood from zombies. It's a very goofy, childlike uh, zombie game. It's very much inspired by stuff like 
Return of the Living Dead, where it's almost like a zombie parody, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a top-down shooter where you're going around the neighborhood trying to basically rescue your neighbors while also killing the zombies with water guns that ha- use holy water. So very similar to mm. you know something like the the Lost Boys, for example. Um, so I, I, I and plus they have a lot of el- elements that bring in stuff from other movies. So you fight mummies and werewolves and Ooh. vampires and all kinds of you know classic horror film. Uh, enemies and they're all just in a very goofy style like you'll fight like a vampire with sunglasses for example just cuz because sunglasses just cause. are cool just cuz <laughs> yeah um you'll go to a football field and you'll have to fight a whole bunch of like evil football players and then a giant football so it's a whole game it's it's a lot of fun though like it's just a really fun co-op game as well if you've got again a friend um i think it's actually a really fun Aww. game to play co-op um again no online for this one either so you can't really play online Dang with people, it. but it's the type of experience where I probably wouldn't want to play it online anyways. Um, sure. I, I like the idea of like, especially with the latency and stuff like that, it'd probably just be better to play it solo, like a uh, local co-op. So um, I had a lot of fun revisiting zombies ate my neighbors. It was a game that my brother Kyle and I played a ton as we, when we were kids and uh, it's still really fun to play today. So definitely check that one out. I think the, the collection that it comes in is, uh, is 20 bucks and it comes with two games because it comes with its sequel ghoul patrol. Um, so you have both of those in the same package. So there you go. And then the last game I played this week before we go to breaking news was Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, um, because I wanted yes. to be sad and, uh, yes. that and was a, traumatized a pretty much. Um, it's basically a, you know, a, it's a horror game disguised as a very like uppity visual novel uh with basically you going to this literature club with these four high school girls and they're, you're writing poems and stuff like that and well the game goes at places from there that again i'm not going to talk about here because i don't want to spoil anything for anyone who's never played it um obviously if y'all ever decide to pick this one up because i know a lot of people have been saying really good things about this one um obviously there are a lot of situations that are not things that I think the uh, every gamer can really handle. Um, there are some situations that the characters get into that um, are a little bit mature or even a, a little bit hard to look at even. So, yeah. uh, and there's, yeah. mat- there's ratings plastered all over the game warning you about this. Um, it is a mature rated game, so it's not, you know, uh, I like the expectations are definitely there. Not only that, but from the second you started up, one thing I appreciated about this version versus the free to play PC version that launched back in the day um, was there's in addition to the content warning, you can also have the game tell you all of the um, the problematic situations that come up right before you start the game. So if you want to read through all of it to make sure that, that you're okay playing this game, um, it, I'm glad that they added that in as an accessibility option. And the yeah. nice thing too, is that if that does come up and you find it's not for you, Xbox has an amazing, it's amazing return policy because you can just return the game right there. Um, yeah. Especially because this time around, it's a paid version of the game version versus the, the free to play version that was on steam before um, because they added a bunch of extra content to kind of necessitate the, the $15 oh. are paying for this one. Um, cause there's a lot more story in this one, which I actually really appreciated as someone who's played the game before. Um, it yeah, could be I think, cause you could get through it like three hours before, right? Yeah. It was pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can get, it, it takes a little bit longer to get through it this time. Um, and then there's some optional stuff outside the main game as well that you can go do as well. So, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot more content here, which is, which is why there's actually a price tag associated with this one. Um, so I mean, uh, obviously if the material is problematic, 
um, you'll want to return it probably right away. Um, right. So you're able to do so. So that those yeah, are kind call. of my good call. Those are my quick thoughts on Doki Toki Literature Club. It was one of my favorite personal favorite games of 2017, you know, despite all of the, the things going with it. But again, it was also a super unique experience very one of a kind and there's nothing like it out there that I've ever seen. So, um, I really encourage people to at least look at it, um, and then decide for yourself whether or not it's for you. Mm. But anyways, I'm saying it was not for me. I, I'll, I'll recall my experience from it before. Like, and part of it, it was, I think a lot of people saying like, this is amazing. And I'm like, I just didn't, maybe it was because it was my first visual novel. I'm not sure what the, if this is the right, like on ramp for visual novels or if there's another, I don't know. Is Danganronpa a visual I was just going to say, the, my on-ramp for visual novels was Danganronpa. And yeah, it was that's, like, that's up next. I got it on Steam. Because Danganronpa is very much kind of like Phoenix Wright, where it's a, it's a visual novel, but it's also a mystery game where you're, yeah. where you're solving cases and stuff like that. So there's a lot more agency on the player. Whereas this one's pretty much a straight-up visual novel um, with some interesting ideas that have to do with like the file system on your computer. That I oh, thought was really cool. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you must have to finish it then if you never got to that point. I didn't so. get to the, I saw the turn and I'm like, not for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, a little, a little too on the nose, a little too, I, like it's unexpected because it's so cute, but also like, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that, trust it. me, Sean, that's just the first turn of many. There are many turns in that game. I heard. So, I, I kind of had it enough yeah. at that point. <laughs> Understandable. This is a similar conversation that Matt and I had on the PlayStation Drive uh, right. last week because I know him and I both really enjoyed this game, but I know his co-host um, had a similar situation with the game. So yeah, um, that is it. It's definitely not for everyone, but I think for those that are are going to enjoy it are going to really mm-hmm. enjoy it. So. I think it's good just for us to have that balance, like between you and me. Like we we have like one person saying like try it, and there's like the other like you're on my, me on my side going like mm, yeah, don't know about it. So no, exactly. Yeah, take that. I can try to trust both sides of the coin. But anyways, mm-hmm. we really got to get going. So let's slam the brakes on this conversation. It's okay. time for some breaking news. So Sean, we got some new Game Pass games this week um, to talk about. So um, we didn't get too big of a list, but it, we should go over it anyways. We got sure. Tropico Six on July eighth. UFC 4, that's part of EA Play, so Ooh. it's only for Ultimate members on July 8th. Bloodroots is coming on July 15th. What is that? Um, I don't know what that is. And then <laughs> Farming Simulator 19, also on hey, July 15th. So, is that on console and PC? Yep, or all, all the games I, really, I, I listed are on, on console and PC. Um, there weren't any PC-exclusive ones this time around. There were some cloud editions, like the Medium, um, but we usually don't talk about the cloud editions here because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they add like 20 games and it's like, yeah, it's too much. So yeah, it, fair. So those are the games that are coming to Game Pass, but I think what's more su- substantial is the, what's leaving Game Pass. Oh, no. So on July 15th, we are losing EA Sports UFC 1 and 2, Oh, that's okay. Endless Space 2 on PC, Downwell on PC, and then, Sean, my favorite game from last year, CrossCode, is leaving Game Pass on July Oh, snap. Is it really? It is. So, for friends out there, if you have never tried CrossCode, if you like games like The Legend of Zelda, um, and you don't mind some, like, weird fake MMO stuff kind of brought into the Legend of Zelda gameplay... I yeah. think you're going to really enjoy this game. So definitely make oh. sure to check out CrossCode before it leaves on the 15th. Did I, you say the 15th? Oh, yeah. I don't have time for that, dude. I, I, I liked I played the first, I think, two hours of it, and it is good. I like. I think it was one of the first like optimized for Series X games, <laughs> oddly yeah. enough. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. I might have to look for a sale on that one. Well, before I was going to say, it'll be, it it's on sale because it's leaving Game Pass. So you get a that. discount on it. Yep. Yeah. So... 
There All you right. go. There's your last minute warning about CrossCode. So definitely check it out. If you, See, if I'm you like right with the audience. Like I'm learning right, right with them. <laughs> I know th- this just came out today too. So I'm like, this is not enough time to vi- revisit some of these games. Like, no, yeah. to be fair, like UFC one and two, that makes sense. They're bringing UFC four. So why would you go back and play those games? But it's yeah. just like CrossCode is just one of those games. I wish was kind of in game pass forever. So, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next up. This one just shocked us out of nowhere this morning. Ubisoft have announced the future of the Assassin's Creed series will be in the form of a joint project between Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Quebec called Assassin's Creed Infinity. It yep. will be a live service game with some of some kind that will replace the traditional Assassin's Creed release model. They also stated in the blog post for that, that there will be no more mainline Assassin's Creed releases after this one. This is essentially that is crazy Assassin's Creed game. The project is very early in development, so don't expect this one until like 2024, probably at the earliest. Um, yeah. I know at the same time that this came out, um, and this is kind of one of the things that spurred on the blog post going up today, was Jason Trier over at Bloomberg had a big story about this go up as well, about kind of all the things he's heard about it. Again, we're not going to talk about that here because we don't really discuss, you know, things that are rumors on the show. Sure. Um, but as far as confirmed stuff. Wait, wait, did Ubisoft, so all I saw was the Bloomberg thing. Did Ubisoft confirm? Yep. This is all from Ubisoft's post that I have linked wow. in the show notes. Wow. Yep. So this is, it sounds like the Assassin's Creed series is just becoming, is, is essentially turning into destiny Two at this point. Dude, this is fine. This is final form. You know, yeah. you have your original series and then you kind of have the, the most recent trilogy. This is, this is it. This is the ultimate destination for Assassin's Creed. And I'm seeing like in response to the, um, the to the Bloomberg report, I'm seeing a lot of negativity around this. And I just got to say, I'm here for it. I totally want to see what what really is the difference between a game that takes you 200 hours to finish and a game that is infinite. Like really, yeah. it's they're pretty much there anyways. I know people have a lot of nostalgia and there's a soft spot in their heart for the good old days of like Assassin's Creed 2, but there's no way they're ever going to go back to that. This seems to make sense to me. And I, man, I like, I like the model that they've created. I like the division and the division two. I don't know if this exactly um, mimics that, but this makes sense to me. I don't know how you feel about it, Ryan. So I'm of two minds about this. So first of all, if this is just a live series game, but it's still a single player experience, because they didn't mention anything about it being multiplayer or anything like that in the blog. Yeah. So we don't know if this is like supposed to be like an MMO shared space game that you have to maybe team up with other players for some content for like The Division. Um, right. Or if it's more just like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but it just never ending. Um, I'm hoping it's the latter. I'm hoping it's very much like like we got with Valhalla, but in a, a um, situation where it's constantly evolving, like the world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also confirmed as well that you will not just be one assassin in this game in one time period. So my theory about this kind of going into this and kind of reading this is that you're probably going to play as someone in the present day period who you're, you might be able to customize maybe in some way. Um, and that you can go to the animus and visit different time periods as different assassins. And then those are basically is such a good idea. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be something like that rather than infinitely having just one protagonist in one setting. Um, like if they're going to have like, if this is going to be the plan forever, which it sounds like it's going to be according to this blog post, but (laughs) unless they change their minds, yeah. Um, I'm expecting them to do something like that. So that would be the, the only way that would make sense. Otherwise, again, if you were, let's say you were Eivor forever, Sean, like, would you really, yeah, no would you really want to keep going to that game? You know, two years, three years down the line, if you're that same character in that same environment, 
like probably not right so no i i think you're bang on with like the destiny comparison just thinking about like how you sort of have different characters or different classes that you that you level up and you stick with and then maybe you might start another one and it gives you different benefits a different play style uh and you're visiting different locations like i think that actually that could work but on a like a grander scale when i think destiny i still think like as big as that game is, I still think it's actually kind of small. You know what I mean? Like when I go to the planets, like it never really feels all that expansive to me. Yeah. But, you know, Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft, they, they don't do that. They do gigantic. <laughs> so yeah. um, I do expect this to be, what do they say, 2024? Like this, maybe. Yeah. You know, but I, they, did, they, never, like they never get a date. That's just oh, what I'm okay. assuming. Was, by, by, the way, the, by the verbiage they gave with this, it's still oh, yeah. very early in development. So that's what I'm expecting. 2024 at the Same. earliest is what yeah. I would say. Um, especially too, because it's both the Assassin's Creed studios working on this because uh, Montreal did Odyssey and then uh, Quebec mm-hmm. did um, Valhalla. So they're essentially yeah. both coming to, both the two Assassin's Creed teams that were essentially doing uh, opposing games before are now essentially coming to do, do one one big game together. Yeah. Um, which also I think leads credence to maybe my theory as well, because like what, like Ubisoft Montreal might design like one time period and then Quebec designs another one. And they kind of go back and forth like that. Um, like that's, that's why I'm kind of thinking that that's probably the direction they're going in with this one. But like, yeah, th- I was not expecting this at all after uh, coming off. Valhalla, no. um, which also kind of explains why they doubled down on new content coming to Valhalla at E3. Cause we, we ca- thought that was a little bit odd at E3 that when they announced that another season passed for Valhalla yeah. was coming uh, with even more content over the next year or two. Um, but now that we know that this is coming, I think that move makes a lot more sense now because I think yeah. they're going to support Valhalla and until this is ready. And then this, when this is ready, they're going to continue to support that until people stop playing it probably. So, I mean, what else, like, I mean, I'd like to see them do new stuff and, and provide new locations and settings to explore and all that kind of good stuff too. But this could also like with it being infinite, like this, I don't know, <laughs> infinity kind of breaks my brain a little bit, but it goes forwards and backwards in time. Like, I don't know if they would be able to do like future stuff, but also maybe revisit some of the places that you've really liked to. Like, I'd like to go back to Egypt. I'd like to go back to Greece and that would be just really interesting to see how they implement this. Why I get excited about it is because it seems like the, the possibilities are endless with Assassin's Creed Infinite. Like, I, I know people are maybe upset about it, but I just see the, I just see the positive. Yeah. That we could get all of the things I, ongoing. I, I only see the negative if they want to turn this just into a multiplayer focus game. Sure. Um, mainly yeah. because, um, again, Assassin's Creed's always traditionally been single player. And yes, we've had good multiplayer modes for Assassin's Creed, but we've never had a game that was multiplayer only for Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So I think that might upset people more than anything. I know Donnie, Fair. for example, our friend over at the Xbox empire was stating that, that he really doesn't want to go it to go that route down that road. Cause he probably won't end up you know, going into it. And I kind of feel the same way. To, like, I don't know yeah. if I want to play like an open shared world assassin's Creed where I have to go do like quests with friends or just randoms online. Like, I don't know how, how I would like it to be optional. I think, I think that would be super fun. And I think that's the way a lot of people play destiny as well. Like that, that comparison is so apt where you can really just play through like the campaign, quote unquote campaign, like by yourself, or you could play with friends. And then there's a whole other side of it as well. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing and listening to the Xbox empire because I think we will be, I think you're right. I think we're going to have a different conversation coming from them than here. And it's always interesting to listen to both shows, I think back and forth. Um, so yeah, I, I'm okay with it, but like, I'm, 
I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a bit of a Ubisoft fanboy because I like whatever <laughs> they seem to be throwing at us. These no, and days. even though I'm sounding a little bit more negative than you on this subject, I, I kind of feel the same way about it. Whereas, yeah. like, I'm just re- I, I, like, I'm not going to judge it until we see the game and uh, for ourselves, and then kind of get a grasp as to how the how um, the leveling is going to work, whether it seems like it's going to be balanced, and whether or not like the the places you're going to go are going to be interesting to visit. I think those are the two things that are maybe going to matter more than anything. And yeah, we'll figure more about. We'll talk about this more when the game's actually revealed um okay. and rather than speculate about it and be because i don't like going in negative about games we haven't even seen yet like that seems silly to me. <laughs> that's that's so. a good good call all right last news story real quick before we get to listener questions is one just for ryan turford but i had to say it here um spike <laughs> chunsoff have, have announced ai the somnium files nirvana initiative which is a sequel to the 2019 game ai the somnium files which was a playstation 4 and switch game but never came to Xbox. Um, but this new version, the, the sequel to those, ga- that, those games, coming to Xbox in 2022 in, in the spring. Um, I was a huge fan of the first game. Um, essentially, it was a dream project between the creators of um, the Zero Escape series and the Danganronpa series to basically create this like very like goofy <laughs> visual novel slash detective game, like not in the same way that Danganronpa is, but like you're just like this really like goofy detective in this really like weird futuristic uh, Japan pan uh setting mm-hmm. and i just really enjoyed the first game they had some incredible writing um some of the cases were really interesting and it just had some really memorable characters um and it's a shame that that game never came to xbox because it was really 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 good like one of my favorite games from 2019 was the first one so i'm yeah. very excited that this one's finally coming to xbox i was hoping along with this announcement maybe the first one would come to xbox in some way and maybe that's a plan for later um, but I am very excited for this one. And, uh, I know a lot of folks out there in the internet are very excited for this one too. So I wanted to make sure to give it its shout out here, but, uh, I know you probably didn't have a lot to say about this one, John. I don't even know the words that you just said. Like I heard you speaking English, but I'm not really sure that I fully understood. So I might have to listen back. Perfect. Let's <laughs> to go the to the show. carpool. Let's let some of our friends into the car with us. Of course, if you would like to be part of the, be part of the carpool with us, of course, if you follow us on Twitter, you can leave a comment on the, the tweet we put up every Tuesday asking for questions. You also leave a comment on YouTube or join our Discord and then head to the Xbox Drive tab and then leave your questions there for us. So let's bring in Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus. And he asks... Right, so I just watched the new promotion for Xbox All Access, and I got to ask your thoughts on the 90s throwback. (laughs) You left a link for the YouTube video, but I know we both saw it. So, Sean, what did you think about this yesterday? I thought this was really cool. It's all there. Dude, it's so good. I Man, what a day and what a week it's been with all the announcements, everything happening. You got your, your Switch OLED model. You got a state of play coming out, and then... Xbox this. comes out with this, dude. What what is even happening in Xbox Land? We're getting a fridge. We got like this. What is it? All for one? Is that the band? All for one, yeah. Oh my god. It's genius, dude. I yeah, like what else is there to say other than like the song was in my head the whole time. Like just I don't know. I don't and I wonder if if that landed for people who aren't ancient like us. Like that was mm-hmm. that's a callback, man. Like that brings me back to like school dances. <laughs> Well, it was essentially just a boys to men video, music video, which of course makes sense with the name boys to men, all for one. All for one. See what they did there, Sean? Oh my God. Was it actually boys to men? Was that them? Yeah. Like I haven't really. Well, no, I don't think it was boys to men that did the song, but it was like, it was the same idea though, Sean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, it makes me want to get that album again. Like the the, the Grammy award winning (laughs) boys to men. Yeah. 
is now doing marketing for for Xbox. What do you, who saw that coming? And good for them for just having some fun with it. Because I've been wondering what they're going to do with that um, with that all access. Like how they really make it um, land with people. Because I thought it was going to make more of a splash than it really ultimately did. Perhaps part of it is the availability of it. I think and that's the, the, and the consoles. Thing. Like I really thought that that was going to start to transform how we think about buying and or maybe even start to like quote unquote lease our consoles uh, kind of like what we do with our phones so but but what they were doing before obviously wasn't working so I, what i like is they just kind of did something completely different but the thing is ryan i don't know that people still even though it was all about all access i think they just saw like a funny xbox ad yeah it's kind of my take on it but yeah yeah, was that the, what was the question? Just that we saw it? If no, you just said what we saw it and what we thought about the ad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought it was very, very good as well, Seamus. And, uh, and yeah, it's a good way to just market it, just be silly with it, just lean totally. into it. Again, it's just all access in Canada, at least because EB Games, I think, is the only retailer here in Canada that offers it. Like, the, I see that go up from time to time, and it e- easily sells out immediately whenever it becomes available. Yeah. So I know people are taking advantage of well, it. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. But it's just, I don't think this applies there, which I think is why... We've been, we haven't really been seeing them promote it. So I think yeah. now that we've seen Xbox co- this has come up more and more and more, I think that's what now why we're starting to see kind of the promotion kind of ramp back up for it. So I thought maybe that there's too many moving parts to it. I think that was my worry with it to begin with was that it's it's more complicated than just going in and buying a thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that they kind of are sidestepping that a little bit and just kind of make having some fun with it. It is a complex way to purchase a console much more than what we would normally do. So yeah, you can either hammer home. These are your five steps that you got to do, which is boring and probably not effective marketing to this, which is on the complete opposite end of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good for them. I like it. Very nice, my friend. All right. Next up, we got Mike at Blaze Knight 0923. And he up, asks, Mike? would you ever like to see the return of toys to life? Oh, gaming with that came with Skylanders, Disney yes. Infinity, Lego Dimensions, and most recently, Scarlink. If yes. so, what Xbox franchise would Ooh. you most like to see tackle this project? So I need to start oh. to give Sean time to think. No but doubt. the one I would pitch, Viva Pinata, I think would be perfect. Oh, for that's such a good answer. Because there's so many great pinatas that you can have. Uh, you don't have to make them actual pin- pinatas with candy in them, but you know, you just make them little adorable figures, and then um, you just put them, scan them in there, and you like scanning your pinata and a new Viva Pinata game. This is really just an excuse for us to get a new Viva Pinata game as well, Sean. Because <laughs> of course they would make that along with the toys to life for Viva Pinata, right? So, that's also um, endless, though, dude. Like that is an like you could have so many. That's that would be like an Amiibo or Skylanders thing on its own. Or yeah. Pokemon, even. Mm. So if you're if you're an Xbox franchise, I would say it's like that would probably be the the best model. Um, as far as other franchises uh, outside of Microsoft, there aren't really too many that I would love to see it for. Because obviously, I mean, Toys to Love kind of died off, and the only one that really did anything for me was Lego Dimensions. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, it's a tough sell for a lot of people. But what do you think about this question, Sean? Well, the th- the way that Amiibo kind of does it with Nintendo, like it isn't quite like Skylanders or Disney Infinity, where you're literally putting the toy into the game, and they kind of do it a little bit differently, where it has like almost like multiple functionality. I think that's why, actually, it's like got the longevity because it doesn't tie it necessarily to a game or franchise. Yeah. Um. You know, you have you have the Link Amiibo that does so many different things, and I would kind of want Xbox to do that, and maybe they have like even just one or two almost statues. I think they can go even larger than the, the Amiibos just to stand out a little bit different mm-hmm. where you could buy like a Master Chief and he's more of like a, more like a G.I. Joe st- size or more of like a statue type of quality. It might be a little bit more expensive, but it's like that one way, it, it, cor- it kind of like crosses the line of um, 
Toys to Life or Amiibo and the kind of junky stuff that you get with a collector's edition. Because mm-hmm. I think that's why people, maybe that's why you buy a collector's edition is you want like the, the goodies that come with it. But I would rather it be a better quality and I would pay for that as an individual item, like a Master Chief or Marcus Phoenix, a little bit more of like a statue, but not a full on like bust or anything. It's yeah. kind of what I would like to see. Maybe like one the size of like the game. Mario Rabbids toys we got. That, yeah, that that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a great example. Totally. But like one, I wouldn't want um, necessarily to start. Like I would have like one per game. And then maybe that like comes with, I don't know, maybe some game pass or maybe gives you like that also comes with the season. It unlocks the season pass, which you could buy just digitally, but you get that extra little perk of like, that's what it would activate. It would come with a code or something like that that you could unlock. I think that would be, that's what I would do. That, I don't know if that would land with anybody else, but that's what I would like to see. Very nice, my friend. All right, last question before we got to go. This comes for us from Josh Stapleton at Mary to the Games Street Team. He asks, with all the news lately about xCloud, would you ever want Xbox to create an actual handheld device? What would you want in a hypothetical Xbox handheld? I'm sorry to to say this, Josh. I know we've gotten this question a, a bunch of times, actually, over the course of me doing the show. I don't ever want Xbox to do a handheld at this Damn. point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played a lot of handheld games this week, but uh, I just don't like, uh, I, I just don't want them to split their focus like that because I think they've got sure. a good thing going on with, with uh, X cloud right now. Like I, I like the, the idea that they presented of maybe doing like the fire TV like sticks for your TV. Um, yeah. And that's maybe as far as I want to see them maybe go with producing hardware, because the problem with doing a handheld device is that, it would be expensive to make for giving you pretty much the same functionality of um, what you're getting already with the experience you're getting just by using your phone. Um, so I, I don't see the reason for Xbox to go down that road, but Sean, am I crazy? Do you actually want you to see are Xbox crazy. do a handheld? No, yes. Xbox and Microsoft specifically has become excellent at hardware. Uh, the Duo, I should call out, is a, is a unique thing that Microsoft does that you can play xCloud stuff on. It kind of fits the bill there. It seems like it's a handheld plus. And um, so that's, that's one thing. But I think it would be really interesting for them to have like just um, a first party solution for that um, where, let me see if I can get my thoughts straight here, Ryan. I would like to see like, you have all these different options with your phone and then you've got like, you know, the, the backbone or the Razer Kishi or whatever it's called, all these different ways that you can trans, um, transform, transform your phone into a solution for xCloud. But I think like a first party, very prestige, luxurious kind of solution to this with a great screen uh, would be really great with it with attached or even a, just rip off what the Switch does and that it could connect to your TV either by video streaming or some sort of like output that would stream um, your xCloud from your xCloud device to your to your TV I think would be awesome you almost have like a little dock as well that you could um, you could plug that sucker into so it's got a hardwired connection to xCloud would be I think that's what I would do. If I ran Xbox, I think that's exactly what I would want. I don't know if any of those words made sense. I'm running on a couple hours sleep right now. I'm not (laughs) sure if I'm making the most sense. But yeah, like a dedicated, um, almost like what they do with the Elite controller, I think is really great. When they they put hardware as a top priority, they could do this. They could do something really nice with this, Ryan, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I think so too. But anyways, that's all the time we have. We got to get going. Aww. But before we go, Sean plugs go. You don't got nothing to say about that. You don't think that that's good we or bad. Go, Sean. <laughs> oh, it's well, whatever. We're fine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. And uh, like Ryan said at the start, if you guys like the show and you want to support us, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Capri. 
Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. You can also find us on your podcast service of choice, as well as YouTube.com slash the Xbox Drive. So for Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 197 of the Xbox Drive. Only three more episodes before 200. And we out. Bye. I had so much fun in this episode. I never really wanted it to end, but Ryan's got a good point. I've got a meeting in about three and a half minutes, so I'm going to quickly say goodbye to him right after I end this. I'm at the end of the episode, and that is it for this week. Bye.